toward her and saw that she was leprous. And he said to Moses, please, my Lord, do not hold this against us, the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb in its flesh halfway eaten away. So Moses cried to the Lord, oh God, please heal her. The Lord replied to Moses, if her father if her father had spit in her face, would she have been still disgraced for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days, then that she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move till she was brought back. Let's pray. <whistles> Holy Spirit, come. Move in power. Speak to each and every one of us, Lord. Illuminate our hearts. Give us revelation, God, I pray tonight. Speak to us. Those that will listen at a later date, those that are online through the web stream, Facebook Live, and other medium out there, media out there, I pray, speak to us. Oh, God, if you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go ahead and do that right now. God, we give you praise. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I've entitled this Dealing with a Critical Spirit. Dealing with a Critical Spirit. And uh, we do have notes for you. And we all have a tendency to be critical. I'm not sure why that is. Probably just the fallenness of our flesh. We have a tendency to, to play the blame game. We have a tendency to be critical over leadership, Monday morning quarterbacks. Anybody ever been like that? You know, I, I remember a Super Bowl a number of years ago. I don't even like talking about it. It was so upsetting for me. And I'm, I'm really not all that much of a sports fanatic. But, but when they didn't send Marshawn Lynch across that, that line, uh, the, you, know, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, when the Seahawks didn't win... I just thought there's a conspiracy for the love of God. Why didn't you send the bulldozer right through the front line? He can get a, he can get two yards on any team in the, in the NFL. I, I mean, I was so upset over it, and maybe it was a conspiracy. I'm not sure, but I got critical. You know, we all have a tendency to be critical. Understanding the text here, Miriam and Aaron start a gossiping campaign, a whispering campaign. They start speaking against Moses. And God hears what they say. And if you understand the context of what's taking place, you kind of understand why they started speaking against Moses. Although it doesn't make it right, it gives us understanding. And what I want to do tonight is look at this text, find understanding of how a critical spirit entered into Aaron, Aaron and Miriam and Perhaps allow for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us how we have might, might have received the entrance of a critical spirit in our own lives. And we want to at that point sure up and close the entrances and evict a critical spirit and move in such a way that we would never ever again be critical and receive the results that come from a critical spirit. Which is spiritual death. At the very least. So the occasion here 
is there's a governmental change in the nation of Israel. They have been delivered from the house of bondage out of Egypt. You can go to Exodus chapter 18 or Numbers chapter 11. Both, both texts talk about this governmental change. Let me read this to you. Exodus 18 verse 14. So Moses' father-in-law, anybody know his name? Jethro. Saw all he did for the people and said, This thing that you're doing for the people, why do you do it alone? And all the people stand before you from morning till evening. In verse 15 of Exodus 18. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore. How many of you know you could have your own relationship with God? You don't need a priest. You are one. And when they have difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and the other. There in verse 16 of Exodus 18. I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, this thing you're doing is not good. Both you and these people, you're surely going to wear yourselves out. This thing's too much for you, for you to be able to perform it alone. And if you go to Numbers chapter 11, it's the remedy of this problem. So the problem is there's all of these cases that need to be judged. And we have one leader, his name is Moses. And he's judging all of these cases for the people. And he's wearing himself out and God gives him a plan. And the plan we've actually instituted in the church here, which I'll talk about in a moment. It's called the principle of Jethro, the Jethro model. Numbers 11 and verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the Spirit, that's capital S, I will take of the Spirit that's on you, and I will put the same upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. So that is the context of what's taking place. So really the leaders of, of Israel, before the, ch- the governmental change, the structural change, are Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Really, Miriam was their sister. And so now they're wearing themselves out. God gives them a plan of how to change and how to be more effective and not wipe yourself out. I'll say this. We have this structure here. We raise up leaders for the purpose of reaching more people. Because one pastor with his hair on fire, you know what I mean by that, one pastor giving everything he got, pouring himself out, not violating the kingdom principle of one day of rest. If he's really anointed and really sharp, can cover and minister to approximately 100 people. And after that, you can't minister to anymore because you just start burning yourself out. You start violating your Sabbath day. You start working. I mean, come Somebody told me, pastors have the easiest job in the world. They obviously aren't one. Not a, not, 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 not a pastor that's doing what he's supposed to do. So... The reason we're not 100 people is because God has raised up godly leadership and put an anointing, put the Spirit of God on them to minister to more people. There's no way to minister to all the folks in this house, just me and my beautiful wife. 
It's just impossible. And it's not even God's plan. God's plan is to raise up many, many, many leaders. And so they raise up this leader, and that is the context. Now, I want you to understand as you move into your notes now, the devil's plan is to destroy leaders. Let me say that again. The devil's plan is to destroy leaders. Without a shepherd, sheep are in trouble. And all of us need a shepherd. All of us need a pastor. You say, do you have a pastor? Pastor? I do have a pastor. I do. Talk to him today. Hallelujah. The devil's plan is to undermine leadership and to destroy leadership, and he'll do everything he can to do it. Our current dilemma, I have never seen such a critical spirit be released in our nation that we have right now over our president. It is absolutely, it is absolutely horrible. And truth be told, I wasn't so happy about Obama being president. In fact, I was not happy at all because I couldn't agree with it. And it has nothing to do with red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. I just can't agree with unbiblical principles. I can't agree with killing babies. I can't agree with same-sex marriage. I can't agree with the thing that, I mean, homosexuality became the, the main issue for the state. I mean, I, I mean it's just crazy. I mean, we, we love people, right? But you can't, you can't as a believer... It always boggled my mind how people would be like, oh, yes. You know, thank God. Thank God we had a black president. I pray we have another black president. That's not the issue. The issue is righteousness. That's the issue. So when we had Donald Trump, oh, yeah, I voted for him. I'm not afraid to say it either. Sure did. Are you kidding me? Because I'm against abortion. I'm against same-sex marriage. I'm both the issues, right? And I, I, I can't agree with all of the different things that are taking place. But man, what a critical spirit is, is overtaking our nation. And prejudice is just amazing. And this, this is exactly the case in this text. I mean, we have racial tension that's just like been brought back to the 60s. Our worst. You know what's amazing is when... When the past administration tried to push Israel back to the 1960 borders, we went right back to 1960 problems. And, I, and the other thing, as a believer, I have to vote for Israel. I am for Israel. I'm pro-Israel. Right. I'm against, I'm against Iran having nukes. We're getting a little political today. But what a critical spirit is being released in our nation and you have to guard against it. Man, if you listen to the news broadcast, you can end up getting... It's like a spirit just being spewed out over our nation. And you have to fight against that. You don't want a critical spirit. Come on, someone say, no, you don't. Now, there is failure in leadership. And when leadership fails, they need to be rebuked. They need to be corrected. And, and there's church leaders who fail. How should they be handled? They should be handled properly. And there is, unfortunately, failure in leadership. 1 Timothy 5.19 says this, Don't entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's brought by two or three witnesses. I've known people that want to talk stink about some other pastor. Don't do it in front of me. I'll rebuke you so fast. You know, oh, they just stop, stop. You don't understand. That's like 15 sides to every story. And why don't you go talk to him yourself, Brother Matthew 18.15. We're going to get there. Even when church leaders fail, Satan attempts to undermine them. Satan attempts to undermine every kind of godly leader there is. 
Moses, right here, is an attempt to undermine the new leadership structure that God is actually ordering. Paul also, you'll see, Paul also was undermined. Where do you see that? Turn to 1 Thessalonians, and then we'll get into the, the details of this critical spirit and how it found entrance into Miriam and Aaron. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, now, now here, here's how I want you to listen to this. When you read the New Testament, you read the epistles, it is a one-way conversation. So we, you don't know what is being said. In other words, there's another letter or something's been said to Paul to elicit his response. So when you see his response, that tells you what has been said. Or do, do you follow me? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it deceit. So what are they saying? They're saying that, oh, the apostle Paul and his team, they came and that exhortation they gave you, that's deceitful. They came, they came and, and, and it was error. They came and they had other motives in mind. That's what somebody's saying about the apostle Paul. And he's writing back and saying that is absolutely not the case. It says in Second Thessalonians, pardon me, First Thessalonians chapter 5, neither did we, Second First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5. For neither at any time did we use flattering words. So what are they saying? He used flattering words to build. He, whatever he's saying, they're saying the opposite of. As you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. God is our witness. Nor did we seek glory from men. Neither from you or from others when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians 2. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for our laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you as we preach the gospel of God. I and mean, we could just go on and on and use different examples. But there's always a campaign to undermine you, to speak evil. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And don't let him use your mouth. We want to be on God's building crew, not on the devil's wrecking crew. So how did, how did the critical spirit find entrance into Aaron and Miriam. How did that happen? Well, the first thing that I see, and you, you'd have to do a little bit of a study on Cushites. Cushites are black people. Very dark skin. Pastor Vince is, 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 very, is very dark. Although not like Nigerian dark. There's another dark, right? Right? So Cushites are, I, I, I mean, I didn't look into all how dark their skin was because it's irrelevant. The fact is that they didn't like Cushites. And you can see in Amos chapter 9 and verse 7 and different places that refer to how Israel didn't like Cushites. And in the text it says, come on, they began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. Hold the phone. In other words, it doesn't just say because of his wife. Because of the Cushite wife. I know why he changed the leadership. He changed the leadership because his wife. And not just his wife. She's black. Oh yeah, I said it. That is what that is saying. Understand, that's what it's saying. Because of her nationality. A particular kind of national. You know Cushites. 
Am I getting through here? How did a critical spirit find entrance? They're prejudiced. I remember seeing a, 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 a baptism, uh, a baptismal service uh, at that revival in, uh, in Brownsville. And there was this one kid who, I mean, I, I think I have it on my computer. He was a skinhead and he was a gangbanger and he had gotten gloriously saved. And he's in this baptismal tank shaking under the power of God. And he talks about prejudice. He says, if you don't like black people, he was from the South. If you don't, you don't like people of other color, you'll never have revival. You ain't ever going to have revival. And that is absolutely the truth. And if you don't like people, you don't like Native Alaskans, you don't like... Caucasians, if you don't like black people, if you have a prejudice problem, then you're going to hate heaven because it's filled with every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So they're prejudiced. The second thing, the second entrance point is they were offended, I believe. And I kind of talked about that. There's a new leadership structure. So no longer is it the prophetess Miriam who gets to talk to her brother Moses. And in fact, you see it in the text. She says, don't we all hear from God? He, he's, not the only one that, he's not the only one that hears from God. I hear from God. You hear from God. Who does he think he is? What? Can you believe it? Man, just because he's got a stick and his face glows. So what? His face glows. I think my, my face is glowing the other day, too. I don't, don't we all hear from God? They were offended. Don't ever get offended. God will offend your, God will offend your mind to reveal your heart. Don't you let yourself get offended. The Greek word for that is scandalon. Scandalon is a, it's another word for a, the stick that holds up a trap. And you can get into offense and all of that, and I've preached on it at other times, but Jesus spoke words that offended. Don't ever get offended. Just forgive people. I had a wonderful opportunity to get offended not all that long ago. Fantastic. Don't ever waste a good trial. Just forgive. Just let it go. Come on, someone say, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Offense. I think they were offended. We're talking about how a critical spirit got into, got into Miriam, got into Aaron. Prejudiced. The second thing, offense. The third thing, I mean, I don't know, but I just, you know, praying and thinking about my own life. Personalities. How many of you, you know, you, you can gel with certain personalities and other folks irritate you? Right? There's a personality conflict. Are you guys okay? The problem of pride, because we certainly see that here. Don't we also hear from God? Now, Miriam was a prophetess, and you can write that. She was a prophetess, and it says that in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 20. Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her, with timbrels and, and dances. You know, I, it, this pride thing, it reminds me of Absalom. You know, sometimes we have a tendency, you know, we have a tendency to think that we know everything. 
I don't know if you've been humbled by being wrong on a regular basis, but that's been, that, you know, the Lord's really helped me that way. I used to think, and actually the truth is, I do have a gift of discernment, but I thought I really had it going on a number of years ago, many years ago. And then the Lord just helped me be wrong dozens of times. So I knew it was a particular spirit operating. I knew this is that. One of my funniest, funniest stories is um, I was leading the young adults. And uh, at the end of, towards the end of our young adult, we had about 80, 80 people there and God is pouring out his spirit. And at, towards the end of all of our services for about three or four weeks, I think it was the fourth week, maybe the third week, a young man would come in and he would sit down to this, next to this girl and he would just be like, He'd be hitting on her, and I'm, I, you know, I'm at the end of the service, at the end of my message, and you know, or the time of prayer, and he'd be like, "What's up?" You know, and he kind of mess with her hair, and yeah, you know, I just wanted to go and slap him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm thinking, man, wolf, wolf, that's a wolf right there. That's a wolf. So you know, it went on for a couple of weeks, a few weeks, maybe the third or fourth week, and he really seemed like he was hitting on her. And this girl's getting touched by the Lord until Knucklehead showed up. She began to distract him. They didn't even have all that texting stuff. They just had a spirit of stupid. They still got a spirit of stupid. <laughs> and so I, I, I saw that was taking place. So I closed the service, and I went over. I went over, and the guy's talking to her. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm oh, nothing. I'm like, okay, awesome, man. I just want to talk to her a second. He's like, all right. I made him real uncomfortable. When the pastor gets up and goes, hey, how you doing? So he, he got up and he walked away. I said, listen, you know, I, you know that guy? She's like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin. I said, okay. <laughs> I tried to quick fake it. And, you know, oh, awesome. Um, I'll go meet him. What's his name? Uh, you know. Okay, I've had stuff like that happen so often. And it'll teach you just to shut your own, shut your mind up. Quit thinking you know, because you don't know. Many things, you don't know until you know. And Absalom's spirit is rooted, I should probably preach on it, it's rooted in basic distrust and resentment of one's authority. Well, we'll say that again, since it was like quiet, like crickets up in here. And Absalom's spirit is a spirit that's rooted in basic mistrust. It's rooted in resentment of authority. Listen, don't get resentful over authority. The beautiful thing is you have a choice. Now, the family you're born into, well, you didn't have a choice about that. But as you grow up, you have a choice of who you submit to. And if you see authority is out of balance or something's wrong and it it crosses a line where you can no longer walk in agreement, quit your belly aching and change. You can get another job. You can find another church. You can find another place. You can't find another husband. You can't find another wife. But you, come on, till death do you part. Work it out. That's your ministry. Should have prayed through before you got married. I'm not sure what that is. But it's good. I think Miriam had a, a, a little high opinion of herself. I think she had too high an opinion of hers. I've been guilty of that too. Proverbs 25 verse 27 talks about seeking your own honor. It's not good. Luke 14, 11, 
Anyone exalts himself will be humbled. Eat some humble pie, my mama would say. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And what you see happen, and so that's, that's really the, thing, the, the entry, entry points that I see with this critical spirit that entered into Miriam and Aaron. So you, how, how many of you know you want to be careful? You want to be careful of your pride. You want to be careful. You don't want to be prejudiced. You don't want to get offended. You, watch your personality. You're not perfect. None of us are. Just cut some people some slack. Give them some grace. You know, the truth is, if you don't fail, then you'll never be successful. Let me, let me run that through again. How many people are afraid of failing? I don't mean moral failure. I mean like making, you know, not making the right choice. Mistake. And when somebody makes a mistake, you can get all over them. Dude, you're a human being too. Years ago, we had a, a, a high-ranking officer in the military. And we laid hands on him just before he deployed. It marked me. I'll never forget it. He was facing me, so nobody saw it. I went to pray for him, and we were praying for him, and he starts crying. And he's weeping. He's having a breakdown in the altar, which is not, you know, that's the high, for high brass. That's a big deal. They, and there's other men around him. And he grabbed me by the lapels of my jacket, which I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen then. <laughs> and he's much bigger than me. Grab my lapels and he pulls me in and he looks me straight in my baby blues and said, I can't make any more mistakes because when I make a mistake, men die. I thought, okay, I got it. I know how to pray for that. Oh, the miracles that God did on that deployment. But how easy it is to throw rocks. You know, you're living in a glass house, ma'am, sir. I wouldn't be throwing rocks. The greatest thing you can do is pray and cover someone. Don't get all offended. Don't get all ticked off and throw the, your little towel in and stomp down the street because you're going to end up with some other person who's going to lead you and you're going to be just as bent by that person as you were by the other person. How about you get healed of your prejudice, healed of your offense, get off your high horse and start praying and supporting. Amen. Got like three or four golf claps. So I know that it ministered to you guys. Praise the Lord. All right, all right. So what happens? What happens? God's judgment happens. God's judgment happens. They sinned against God, for Moses was his man. There's an understanding of touch not God's anointed. I've seen that used in horrible cases where somebody was like, I'm, I'm God's anointed, you can't confront me. Well, that's not the case here. I'm confronted on a regular basis by my wife, and I'm thankful. I'm confronted by my staff, and I'm thankful for it. Hello. Just, just because you're, you're leading something or the head of something doesn't mean you're untouchable. Oh, no. We're, we're, I need a lot of help. Anybody else need a lot of help besides me? Need a lot of help. I'll make the final decision, and I'll, and I'll, I'll answer it. I'll answer it when it maybe falls on its face. May it never. But the truth is all of us are accountable to each other. But Moses was God's man. You know, I... I don't want to talk too much about it, but, but I have seen people come against churches, and I'm not talking about this one necessarily, but I have seen people come against churches and, and, and watch God take them to the woodshed and take them to the woodshed for lickings. How many of you know what that means? The discipline of the Lord. 
Listen, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean that you should get all critical and start. Our, and and you know, let me just say this with transparency. If there's things that are happening right here that you don't understand, we are an open book. So please contact us, call the church. We'll, you know, I've had people get so upset that they call the church and, you know, it was the wrong number. And they leave kinds of messages and stuff. And then they, they leave and then we go to visit them and find out what's everything's okay. I left you five minutes. Well, we never got the message. And the devil's a liar. Ask. And if there's something that needs to be changed, guess what we'll be doing? Changing it. How come you don't have ministry? How about maybe God's touching you to start the ministry? And if we don't have the ministry, how about let's birth it? Maybe you should lead it. Let's help you. Let's, you know, let's get you off of the alcohol and everything. Let's get you delivered before you start leading the ministry. Come on. I don't think we should do that. I, I. Okay, maybe not. Okay. I think I might have gotten in trouble right there. Okay, praise the Lord. Just pretend I'm the evangelist. Miriam became leprous. And I'll tell you what, that is a picture of what will happen to you. If you allow a critical spirit to move in your life, you're going to end up with disease. It's a picture of criticism, a picture of the evil effect of criticism, and a picture of the defilement that it brings. A while back, we had somebody that was so critical and upset with certain things we were doing, and uh, they expressed it everywhere, and, and then came to their senses, and came and repented, which we were grateful for. And, of course, we forgive them. Come on, we're all, come on, we're all, Jesus, he, he's good. We're not going to put the blood of Jesus on trial. You've got to forgive everybody, right? So we forgive them. Okay, forgive, we forgive you for the character assassination. And uh, so the first time, I just sort of let it go. And, uh, of course, we let it go. The second time it happened, it happened again, second time. And it came to repent. I said, okay, now that's the second time. So now we're going to talk a little bit here. So... You had a misunderstanding, you got all bowed up, and you talked to all kinds of people, and it's like taking a down pillow, taking it up to Hatcher's Pass, and ripping it open on the peak with a strong wind, and you let all those feathers just go everywhere, and now you want to repent. So I forgive you, go get all the feathers, go catch every one, he's like, I, I can't do that. I said, that's exactly right. It's hard to do, but try. Because that's, that's, an, that's, a, that's, a, that's real repentance. Real repentance is you pay them back with interest. Real, with interest. real repentance is because you gossiped, you then, you then go and catch all the feathers and you humble yourself and you say, you know what, I'm so sorry. You know, when I was telling you about that church and everything, I was wrong and I had to go repent and I repent to you. Would you forgive me? And usually those folks are like, yeah, I forgive you. And they're thinking about all the people they told. You know, gossip's witchcraft. When you get a critical spirit, it can end up in gossip too. 
And you end up with a, with a critical spirit. You end up in gossip. You'll defile yourself. You will defile everybody you talk to. And you'll end up... Leprosy causes death in your notes. Leprosy causes death. It's death to oneself, death to relationships, death to your place in the community. It's death to your service to God. It makes you unclean. You'll Come on. If you're critical... Don't tell me how anointed you are. You aren't. Are you guys okay? So Miriam is separated. And that's what will happen to you if you allow yourself to get critical. You'll end up on the outside with all your little critical homies. You'll be with all the other crimies. All critical I'm being convicted. Just reminded, you know, I, I constant. I've, ch- I've checked myself. I don't. I'm not critical, but I. I'll tell you the hardest time for me. The hardest time for me is when I travel, and I get to another church, and then I'm just kind of like, just looking at everything up, 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 and then I just have to stop it. Stop. Especially that one time. Except that was discernment, and we ended up running out of the church. So we were at a church, and we, you know, I, I was just, I was so critical of what was happening, but really what was happening was it was like a cult. We happened to be with the Haggerty's, and uh, all our kids got sick from the day we rolled, from the moment we rolled onto the parking lot. You remember that? Creepy. And so there we are, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, stop, 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 stop. You're critical. I'm like shutting everything down. Stop, stop. I'm constantly silencing my mind, but it was actually the Lord going, um, you probably need to leave here. And then, then when I saw a full manifestation of a devil on the platform, boy, did I make a scene. I stood straight up. That's it. Let's go. Everybody up. Let's go. And everybody's like, oh, there's something wrong with the bald-headed guy. And really. Our, our whole row, which was like 15 people, the ushers coming to help us, like, no, we're leaving. When the leader had a demon and I saw it, I thought, it's time to go. Hey! And I realized, wait, I wasn't being critical. That was discernment. Jesus, help me out. Gosh, I need Pastor Alex to play for me right now. Somebody, but God, it's the creepiest experience I've ever had in church. What church was it? I'm not even telling you. Unless you go to the Kansas City area, then you want to talk to me, all right? So, and it's not IHOP. So Miriam is separated. You see this pattern in the New Testament. So let's look at a few scriptures and we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. 2 Thessalonians 3.14. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Oh, don't associate with him in order they may feel ashamed. Listen, because you're a Christian doesn't mean you associate with everybody. You listen and listen to me. Some of you got friends that you need like a hole in the head and you need to separate yourself from them. You wonder why you continually are stumbling and wonder why you're continually going through the same patterns of captivity that I talked about not long ago. It's because you're connected with somebody that you need to disconnect from. That's not loving. It's very loving. It's, it's in fact biblical. In Titus chapter 3, verse 10, warn a divisive person once, then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing 
to do with them. Now, I, I think you'd have less problems if you had a divisive person in your life and you warn them and say, you know what, you shouldn't talk stink about, stink is a pigeon thing. How many of you, it's talking bad about somebody. You don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right? Someone being divisive in a church or divisive in a company or divisive in relationship, warn them once, warn them twice, Pauhana, as we say in Hawaiian, which means the work is done. If you would do that, are you youth listening to me? If you would do that, you'd have a whole lot less problems. And so, oh, they're not going to like you. They don't like you anyway. Otherwise, it wouldn't be. They talking about they talking about you, someone else to you. They talking about you to somebody else. And if they're bringing division and constantly causing strife, distance yourself. Oh, pray for them. I'm not saying hate them. We're not going to hate them. But you pray for them and you distance yourself. You don't, get, you don't be partnered with that. Again, if it's your husband, tough rocks. Work it out. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get healed. Get some marriage counseling. If it's your wife, get healed. Get some marriage counseling. Work it out. Tough. Unless it brings to the breaking of the marriage covenant and then you have rights before the Lord. But don't look for that to happen for God's sake. Look to be like more like Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. In Matthew chapter 18, remember we're going to talk about that. Matthew 18 verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you and Facebook. Is that what it says? I don't think it says that. Just between the two of you and your Instagram story. No, I don't think it says that either. Just between the two of you. Yeah, you, the two of you, you and him and Jesus. That's it. That's what it says. If he listens to you, you've won a brother over. And it goes on to talk about what happens if he doesn't listen. So when you get, when, when somebody does the wrong thing, you feel offended by somebody or something's happened maybe with a leader or with somebody you're in relationship with, confront them. If you don't confront them, you'll have the devil in your relationships. Confront them. Confront lovingly. I love the next scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. I have written with you in my letter not to assume. We should put this one up. All right, there we go. Thank you so much. I've written to you in my letter not to associate, not to what? Associate with sexually immoral people. Let me try that again. I have, let's all say it together. I have written to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Next verse. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral because you're supposed to witness to them and get them saved so they don't live immoral anymore. They get delivered from that. Or the greedy or the swindlers or the idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. Wait, wait, that's just funny. Is that funny? So are you supposed to associate with them? You are supposed to come out from among them, be ye separate. But at the same time, you are supposed to talk with them, witness to them, share, share your faith with them, bless them, honor them, help them. Why? So that they come out of the world and they come into the kingdom of light. How else would they know unless somebody comes and brings the gospel? How else would they know unless somebody comes and preaches to them? 
Come on, they're all, all the world is going to hell in a handbasket. How are they going to know unless we declare the truth to them? So I'm not surprised when I walk up on a, on a, a, a construction site or, or someplace and people dropping F-bombs left and right. It doesn't scare me and I'm not nervous. You ain't going to hear it coming out of my mouth. Now, when I was a kid, when I had my little children, I'd tell you to shut it. Or I'd say, do you kiss your mama with that mouth? Something like that. Well, you got to be careful when you're using words like that. Make sure you don't get in fisticuffs. <laughs> now, my son, he's, he's a young man. We're at the gym. We're hearing people dropping F-bombs left and right. That's the world. You get so freaked out about the somebody that cursed in front of you, for the love of God, get delivered. Get some backbone, for God's sake. Oh, oh my, oh, they're from the world and they're fornicating, doing drugs and they're idolaters and they're everything else. And yeah, they're all around us and we're supposed to love them. Thank you, Bishop. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, let's, let's go to the next verse. So another, wait, wait, go back. So he's saying, don't associate with people like that, but not, not at all meaning the people of the world. So guess what he's about to say? Go ahead, go for it. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or a sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater and a slanderer, a drunk or a swindler. Do not even eat. What? See, some people are so messed up because they're hanging with people that call themselves brothers and sisters trying to have fellowship, but they're fornicating, drug-using idolaters like we all used to be. Well, maybe not all of us. But all of us were sinners. I don't think of myself as a sinner now. I'm, I'm, I'm saved by grace. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not throwing a rock at them. I'm just saying, you can't associate, don't associate with a brother that does these things. You say, well, that knocks out all my friends. Some, get some new ones. Don't eat, with such people, don't even eat. Wow. You don't get all legalistic either. Which means like, oh, I know you're fornicating, so I ain't going to eat. How about you eat lunch with them and tell them about the freedom that comes in Christ, and about living holy in a loving, Christ-like way. Amen? All right, go to the next verse. What business of his mind to judge those outside the church? Watch this. Are you not to judge? I love this for people that don't judge, don't judge. Bunk. That's bogus. Read it. Everybody read it. Are you not to judge those inside? Question mark. Yes. You, not judgment under condemnation, but you are to be a fruit inspector. And you're, you're going to keep your heart right, but when you look at somebody that's not living right, listen, you don't let them get close to your babies. You understand? And all the mamas said amen. You see somebody toe up from the flow up, and even though they worship or run around the church, maybe, or love God, I don't know, they may even pray in tongues. But you don't see character? That takes a while. Listen, don't bring everybody real close right away. You've got to watch. And if you if you you gotta watch people, and I don't mean critical lovingly. So are you supposed to judge inside the church? Say yes. Yeah, meaning you're supposed someone who calls himself a brother or a sister, someone who says that they're saved, are you supposed to judge their fruit? Yes. But not like you're all that. Just an understanding of where they are. If they really listen, you can say you're saved all you want. You know that by the way that you live. 
1 John talks about that. Some people have a false salvation. They come crocodile tears and prayed the sinner's prayer, still live like the devil. You saved? No, you're not. I got one amen from the former Baptist in the back. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I'm trying to help you. Oh, my rabbit trail the wee bit. All right, being healed of a critical spirit. By the way, Paul goes on to talk about how with people who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, if you've repented of that, wonderful. And then you stumble, get up. Get back, get repent, get back in the game. You know, if you, if, you, if you got tripped up and you messed up, get back up, get run right back to the loving arms of Jesus. Set your life up so you don't hang out with the hussy. Set your life up so you're not, you know, in a car or by the lake, watching the stars by yourself. Set yourself up so you don't get in trouble with the gigolo. There we go. We're even. The score is even. I'm not sure what a gigolo is, but we better move on to five. Roman numeral five. Here we go. Being healed of a critical spirit. Repent. Everybody's roll that R like you're Spanish and say, repent. Try it again. Ready, set, go. Repent. Come on, repent. That's the first step. You want to heal of a critical spirit, repent. Repentance is, is there's, a, there's a repentance and a conversion. Then there's an ongoing lifestyle of repentance. I had to repent today numerous times. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You did too, but maybe you didn't do it. Come on, you, you got to repent. You got to live a lifestyle of repentance ongoing. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I did it again, God. Free me, heal me, Lord. Be prayed for. That's the second thing. We're going to heal of a critical spirit. Repent of being critical. Repent of being a gossip. We kind of punched that in the face just a little bit. Repent. Stop it. Go get all the feathers and quit it. And be prayed for. Everybody say be prayed for. Listen, you do not underestimate the power of God. And don't underestimate the power of holy hands, the spirit-filled anointing that can touch you. Right in your need to liberate you from that critical thing. And I do believe not all people that are critical have a demon of a, a critical spirit demon. I don't think all people that are critical have that, but I have seen that before. I've seen people that it just you just can't they can't shut their mouth with ripping up one person down the other on or the next thing, you know. And you could actually allow for a demon spirit to move in and manipulate you. I believe it's also a word to leaders. Word to leaders. Stay humble. Stay, everybody say stay humble. The first church I pastored um, with my beautiful wife was on the island of Molokai. And uh, Molokai was known for um, a whole world of demonic activity. And there had been pastors before that, that the enemy wreaked havoc in their family and car accidents. And there was all these stories about a spirit of death that would come on you when you're in, in the shower. And, 
You know, I mean, it, it, this grove of trees and all this stuff that was real. Oh, when we got there, God called us there. I, we didn't want to go until we were called, and then we wanted to. But before that, in fact, I said, oh, I'm never going there. And then I thought, oh, you're not supposed to say that. And then I realized something stirred. We had a vision and had a burden, and we moved there. And uh, I was so nervous about the demons of Molokai that when I hit the ground, I pulled every little six-shooter out that I had and went after everything that I could and wrote newspaper articles and everything. Molokai is unusual and it has more homosexuals per capita than anywhere else in Hawaii. It has more suicide per capita. It used to. I don't know the statistics now. It used to per capita than any other place. It has more poverty than any other place in the Hawaiian Islands. It was, it was the place that they trained the kahunas. It was a, it was, there was never any war on Molokai because there was so much spiritual power. Mana, they call it. They had heiaus, more heiaus, which is a place of human sacrifice, some of them, in, in Molokai, than, any, than per capita than anywhere else on the Hawaiian Islands. So you go and pastor there. I, and I got lots of stories. But I remember beginning to feel this, this breaker anointing that, that God placed on my life then and still on my life now. But, but as that came on me, on Molokai. Didn't ever really experience it before that, but experienced it there. Felt this, this, it's, I don't know how to describe it. There's, there's an authority and, and a power and an unction almost makes you feel like you're 20 feet tall in the spirit and nothing's impossible because it's like a band of angels behind you and you're releasing the word and it just splits things open everywhere. That's how I describe it. So I'm preaching and this fiery anointing comes on me and this, this breaking like in the heavenlies starts happening and I'm sweating and spitting. I was way more excited back then. I've gotten a wee bit older. More dignified maybe. And uh, we closed the service and I went out back and Karen was at home. It was a Sunday night with the baby. I don't know. Maybe the baby was sick or something. I forget. But there's a bunch of guys gathered around me out that back door, the side door where we used to barbecue. She's from Molokai. I was her pastor when she was in high school. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> God good. And a bunch of guys there gathered around. It's like four or five guys, and I'm standing there, and this one, this one guy says, Oh, pasta. It's a pigeon. Oh, pasta, you for real, huh? Oh, you ain't playing, huh? I said, oh, no, I'm not playing. We're going to take this place. I'm going to rip the head off the devil. I started going off. And as I'm talking about what I'm going to do to the devil, now, if you'd pinned me down, I'd have given you right theology. But I'd gotten so fired up, and I start spouting off. And as I'm spouting off, it was pride. It was pride. And as I'm spouting off, I, I, it's like my words just all of a sudden went to jello. And, and all of a sudden, I felt the anointing lift off of me. I literally felt God come off of me. And I was like, oh, oh. And, the, and those guys are talking to me, and I can't hear one thing they're saying. I hear nothing. I'm like, ah, oh. I just felt naked and ashamed that I'm going to get killed at any moment. That's what I felt like. I'm like, oh, 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 I've made a mistake. That's what I said to them. I said, I made a mistake. 
I'm sorry. And I got on my knees. I said, oh God, 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 oh God. Oh God, it's your blood. It's your blood. It's not me. It's your blood. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, forgive me. Oh, Jesus, I'll never do it again. I'll never step out in pride. God, I don't want to do that. God, cover me now. Oh, you're the one that's going to bring the breakthrough. You're the one that's going to bring the healing. Lord, forgive me. And it was like, he comes back on me. I was like, whoa, that was close. I don't ever want to do that again. And my wife had a vision back home. Right at the same moment we checked our checked the time. She had a vision of a of a dragon lifting its head up and looking straight at us. It's the exact same time. You stay humble. You can't do zip without God. Apart from me, you can do What is the Spanish word for nothing? Nada. Yes. Apart from me, you can do. No, no, I can do stuff. No, nothing that means anything. That's why it's called nada. So you might do stuff without him. That's you. That'll burn up in the end. Come on, everybody. Everybody say, Lord, I can't do anything without you. Come on, you can't keep your heart beating within your chest. If God took his hand off you right now, you'd drop over dead as a doornail. If God took his hand off of you right now, we'd all be finished and meeting our maker. He sustains our heart. He sustains the breath of life on the inside of us. Come on, he's the healer. He's a deliverer. He's a strong tower. But if you start thinking you're something, he has no problem bringing you down a few pegs. So quit being critical and belly aching. Unless you'd like to get humble. And it is good for us to have a piece of humble pie if you need some. Let God elevate you. Everybody say, let God elevate you. Miriam and Aaron, they needed to let God elevate them, not try to take, take the reins. Let God elevate you. Quit worrying about being elevated. How about just love God with all that you are and let God do it? Or not. Or not. I would, homework, for those of you that want it, it's a book by Gene Edwards called The Three Kings. I dare you to read it. I dare you. You'll find yourself, you'll find that Absalom working in you. Oh, you'll find you're a David too. And you're a, you're a Saul. I mean, you read through the pages of that book, you're like, yes, I'm a, like a David. Oh, I'm an Absalom too. God help me. I mean, this book is amazing. Gene Edwards, I believe. The Three Kings tale of three kings the tale of three kings it's available on Amazon so stay humble and and lastly don't get bitter don't get bitter no no don't get bitter no no don't get bitter no no get better don't get bitter no no don't get bitter pray is the actual blank is pray Please pray for me. Please. Pray for Pastor Karen and I. Pray for my family. Pray for my staff. Every time you sit down and pray over your food, how many of you do that? Would you, in fact, would you help me? This is the Holy Ghost. When you pray for your food, would you just pause and you, would you pray for me and my wife that God would give me the gift of faith and gift of leadership? And that God would do the same for my staff. Would you pray that? 
Lord, thank you for this food. Bless this food to our use and ourselves to your service. Oh, and bless Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen and their family and all the staff at KC. Oh, God, cover them. Give them the gift of faith and give to leadership. Amen. Then you eat them. Eat after that. Wisdom. Pray for wisdom. In fact, it's okay if you have a whole prayer meeting praying for me and my staff. We need help. It's all good. The reason it's all good is we're praying. God's moving. Heard some great news today about our building. I can't tell you yet, but it's coming. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we are moving the mountain. We're moving the mountain. Don't get bitter. Pray. Did you get something? How many of you got something from the Lord? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Oh, 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 oh. oh. struggling with critical spirit quit blaming CNN and the president repent and pray pray for our president pray for the nation pray for your spouse pray 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 don't be a Monday morning quarterback and I think if you didn't vote you don't deserve anything to say anything you can say nothing come on smile at me thank you Jesus register vote come on somebody say praise the Lord All right, let's repent. Father, we ask that you would forgive us and wash us and cleanse us, Lord. If we've been critical at all, Lord, you would forgive us. Come on, just talk to him. It's a voice-activated kingdom. Don't forget it. You believe in your heart. You can confess with your mouth. Go ahead. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you. Come on, ask him to forgive you for thinking that you know better. Ask him to forgive you for pointing the finger, character assassination, things that you might have said, yes, over presidents, over the Senate or Congress, judiciary. Pray, speak life. If you knew the power of your words, you wouldn't do it. Speak life. Come on, speak life. Speak life. Lord, quicken us to the truth of the power of our words. Lord, even as you, you heard what Miriam and Aaron said, you hear what we're saying right now, and you hear it even when we've lost our mind in a bad attitude. God, we ask that you'd forgive us. We don't want to be leprous. We don't want to be outside. We don't want to be removed of relationships. All right.